How good it is to be here on this Pentecostal Heritage, also Grandparents Day. And let me say how thankful I am for my heritage. I'm not a bit ashamed of it. I'll tell it wherever I go. And Ian already said it about uh, my dad and his dad and uh, my grandpa. My grandpa was a Baptist preacher. And then uh, he got introduced to Pentecost. And when he got into Pentecost, then that's where the heritage began. And my grandma, she would always say, that's not for me. She would come to church and the spirit of the Lord would get to moving in the service. And she would say, the way them people act, that's not for me. That's not for me. But one night, something happened to my grandmother. And the spirit got moving in the church. And it got on my mammal. My mammal Helton. And the next thing my dad said, I wasn't there, but I was, I, I don't even know if I was born yet. And my dad said the next thing he heard was a loud squeal back in about the middle of the church. And they looked around and the lady that said it wasn't for her was the one squealing, and she would shake. We called her, we called her the cannonball shouter. You know, you always got names for people. My grandkids call me the helicopter, and uh, we called Mamaw the cannonball shouter because when the spirit would get on Mamaw, she would put her hands together, and she'd let out a yell, loud squeal tie pitch squeal and then she would shake all the way I can't do it because I got bad knees but she would shake all the way down and all of a sudden she'd let out another yell and up she'd come and we'd say that looks like a cannonball shooting out of there so we called Mama the cannonball shouter I don't care what you call me I don't care if you call me crazy. I don't care if you call me the helicopter. I don't care what you call me because I know one thing. It ain't because my daddy was a preacher. It ain't because my grandpa was a preacher. But it's because I got tapped into something that was bigger than my daddy, bigger than my grandpa. And I got an experience. Pentecost is not a name. It's an experience. And if you ain't never experienced, I encourage you. I encourage you to get a little dose of it. Because once you get a little dose of it, you'll want more and more and more. But I am thankful. And Ian and Christian, it is always just so good. See, their dad, their, their grandpa pastors, their daddy works in the church where uh, my brother's at. So we don't ever get to be together a whole lot. So Pastor Sean, I thank you for this setup today that I get to be here with my family and Karen, you're just family. I've known Karen ever since we came to Laurel County. Her daddy and her uncle and them used to sing at my dad's church on homecomings. And we was talking about heritage. Look how it passed down from uh, Bobby and Elmer and Ruth down to Karen and now from Karen to Courtney and so then down to Little Brooks, and I mean, that's what it's all about, folks. That's what it's about. Don't be ashamed 
of the presence of the Almighty God. I love it when it gets in the mist. I love what I felt in this place this morning. If you go to 2 Timothy, I'm going to start in chapter 1, and I'm going to read verses 5 through 7, starting at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also, this is Paul talking to Timothy, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You may be seated. Father, we thank you for that spirit that we feel in this place. And Lord, I ask today that you would touch me and anoint me to speak this word that you have placed in my heart. And Lord, I am so thankful for heritage. I am so thankful that I know that Pentecost is not a name but an experience that only you can bring. And Lord, I pray today that we all leave here with a touch of that heritage that's been passed down and we feel your divine presence continue to move because you are a God that still saves. You're a God that still heals. You're a God that still delivers. And for that, we are so thankful for. And I pray if there's one under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you that today they will experience what we talk about for them on selves. And, Lord, we never fail to give you praise, for you're the one that is worthy. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask these things. Amen and amen. And what a great day to mix the two. Because Grandparents' Day, you can't hardly have it without heritage. That's where we came from. Everybody in here, whether you knew them or you didn't know them, had a grandparent somewhere or we wouldn't be here. You know, for those that are grandparents, it's the greatest thing on this side of heaven. If there was anything any greater than grandchildren, I believe the Lord must have made it and kept it in heaven and we won't experience it until we get there. And if you're not a grandparent and as time tarries, you will find out what the big deal is. Before I had my grandchildren, there was people always coming up to me wanting to show me their pictures and brag on their grandchildren and what all their grandchildren had accomplished. And I decided that I knew more than they did. And I thought, I ain't never going to act like them people. Them people, all they want to do is talk about their grandchildren. I ain't never going to be one of them. I ain't never going to act like that. But I joined the grandparent club. See, it comes a time you graduate and you join a grandparent club. And I guess I was one of the worst they was. I was all the time showing pictures and talking about all the accomplishments that they had made. That's called grandparent bragging rights. And yes, I still do because today I am so blessed to have one of the five of my grandchildren sitting over here with her Paul today. She flew in Friday from Florida, and we went and picked her up. Now, I don't want to embarrass you, Mariah, 
But I can tell you, not only is she beautiful, she's talented. You can put any kind of instruments in her hand, and she just plays it automatically. I can't begin to tell all of them, saxophone, upright bass, bass, guitar, whatever, piano, whatever it is. The Lord's give her a special talent, and she sings with her family. So I have a right to brag today because I am a grandparent. But on this heritage grandparent today, I want to speak on pass it on. See, in basketball especially, if you had the basketball in your hand and you just stood there on the court saying, hey, look at me, I got the basketball, and you did nothing with it, there would be no winners on that team. Nobody would win. But if you've got the ball in your hand and you see somebody that's got an opening over there and you pass it along to them and they pass it along to somebody else until they can get a good shot and they pass it and they keep scoring and scoring and then that team wins. That's what happens when you pass it on down. See, if we don't pass our heritage down and show our grandchildren how to serve the Lord, we're going to lose a generation and the next generation ain't going to know a thing about God. And the sad thing is we're almost to that point because you look at the world today and what's happening to the young people. Oh, they think that they can, they got it all figured out and they get out in permissive living and all of this stuff, get their life all messed up. That's because I wonder have we really passed down to them what they need to know when it comes to knowing about God. See, some of you may have never known your grandparents. Some of you may have had family situations that caused you to not be able to be with your grandparents. If that is the case, let me encourage you. Find somebody that lives a good, godly life that you know loves Jesus, that you know serves the Lord, and go up to them and say, Hey, I'm in need of a grandparent. Adopt yourself a grandparent. Because a grandparent has knowledge. A grandparent, even though the kids sometimes think they don't, they have knowledge. They've been there. They've lived through some tough times. They've lived through the things that the enemy throws at them. They can help you avoid some obstacles if you will allow them. There are several grandparents in, mentioned in the Bible. And I began to think of that when Pastor Sean called me and he said, it's Heritage Grandparents Day, can you come? I began to think about that. And I thought, grandparents, what on earth can you preach on about grandparents that ties in with the Bible? Well, you know all them chapters in the Bible at the beginning that you like to skip over? All them begats, cause of them names, half of them you can't pronounce. And the list goes on and on and on and on. You know all those like John beget Joe and Joe beget Tom and Tom beget Luke and Luke beget Matt. We want to skip all over all of that because we don't want to fool with it. But if you really look at it, that's family. Those are grandpas. Those are great-grandpas. They're grandsons and great-grandsons. We read the Word, but we never really think about people in the Bible being grandparents. Let's take Abraham and Sarah, for instance. They were the grandparents of Esau and of Jacob. You know the story about Esau and Jacob. If you've been in Sunday school, 
or read the word of God at all. You know how that Esau was born first and he was he had lineage to the birthright. But the Bible says that he despised the birthright. In other words, he didn't want it. And then Jacob, on the other hand, his grandpa was his hero. Anybody got any heroes in here today? We had one, didn't we, in? We called him Charlie Helton. That was my dad. We called him hero a lot of the times. It wasn't because he had done some great thing. It wasn't because he was in the Hall of Fame. It was because he was a man of God that we could go to, to get advice from, to get counsel from. And we knew when Pap spoke that Pap wouldn't give us no kind of far out there thing, that Pap would lead us and guide us. And we always called him our hero. But Jacob's grandpa was his hero. See, his grandfather was the only man in the Word of God that was named Father of the Faithful and a friend of God. My, what a name to have with those two titles, Father of the Faithful and a friend of God. Jacob wanted what his grandpa had. He was willing to do anything he could to get it. The birthright was spiritual. It wasn't physical. It wasn't houses, wasn't camels, wasn't gold. But it was the ability to hear the voice of God and then speak what thus saith the Lord. Jacob watched his grandpa and his relationship with God and said, I want what grandpa has. Wouldn't it be good if our children and our grandchildren say, I want what grandpa, I want what grandma, I want what my Mama, I want what daddy's got because they've got something in them that I need. Wouldn't that be wonderful? See, but we can't live a double lifestyle. You can't live like the world and doing all kinds of things Monday through Saturday and come in church acting all holy on Sunday because your children know what you're doing. They know, they hear and they see what you're doing. See, when I was raised in church, I taught about every class there was because I was a preacher's kid. Then me and my sister started teaching children's church. We didn't get in our play games and do ring around the rosy and all this kind of stuff. We taught them how to give in prayer requests. We taught them how to take up offering. We taught them how to do a Bible lesson. We were teaching them what goes on in a regular church so when they got older, they would know what was going on and how to participate. Well, if you think kids ain't listening or watching you, just get a bunch of kids in children's church. We got them in children's church one Sunday, and I got up there and I said, now it's prayer request time. Anybody got a prayer request? One little kid on this side raise her hand. Pray for my daddy to get saved. Yes, honey, we will. Another one over here. Pray for my uncle. He's sick. Yes, honey, the Lord can heal. We'll pray for your uncle. Then this little boy on the front seat. I got one. Yes, honey, what's your prayer request? Pray for my daddy to quit cussing. My eyes got big as saucers. I looked at my sister. She looked at me. I thought, oh, dear Lord, you hear your daddy cussing? He's an usher in the church. 
They're watching you. They're listening at you. Then it got even worse. Another one on this side. I got one. What's your prayer request, honey? Pray my, and I'm talking about church people. I ain't talking about sinner people. Pray my mom and daddy quit watching them dirty movies. They're watching. What are you passing? What are you passing on to them? You pass it on that they can do anything they want to through the week and come in and act like they love Jesus on Sunday. Listen, I'm sick and tired of people living like the devil. I'm sick and tired of people coming to church and living a double lifestyle. I'm tired of people getting up in the pulpit and acting like they got G. Oh, I love Jesus. It's okay to love him, but do you really know him? Has he changed you? Has he made you what you need to be? It's okay to love Jesus. Jesus, but are you living for him? Is there a change in you? There'll be a change. See, kids imitate what they see. See, when I grew up in church, we lived in the back of it, and we just come through a door, and we was in the church. So on rainy days, we couldn't go outside and play. We didn't have all this stuff these kids has got today. They wear their thumbs out on their phones and, and their hands out on these games and stuff. We didn't have none of that junk. But you'll, you'll remember what you see. So it get to raining. I had two brothers that were still at home, and we were real little. And my brothers would say, let's go into church. We'd go into church. And my brother Jim, he was the oldest. It was Jim and then Junior and then me. Jim would get up and he'd say, he'd have me and my brother sit on the front seat. And he'd say, now we're going to have a little church. See, we were imitating what we had seen. What we had grew up under, that's how we knew to, we were acting like them people. And my brother was like my dad, the pastor, and he'd get up and he'd say, now we're going to have a little, we're going to have, we're going to start service now. And don't y'all sit back on us. Let the spirit move. Don't y'all sit on the spirit. In other words, quench not the spirit. In other words, let it move when, they, when it gets to moving. And then he'd say, Sister Sue's going to come give us a song. Well, I'd get up there and I'd try to sing some kind of song. And my brother would be over there playing the guitar. And my other brother would be raising his hand. And I'm talking about heritage. I'm talking about what we knew. What we, the only thing we knew was our heritage. And then it would get time for my other brother to preach. And my, my brother Jim would introduce the speaker. Got a special speaker today. Uh, brother Junior Helton said, come on. And he'd say, now you all get with him. You all being the only person was me and him. You all get with him now. Said as he comes to preach, said, don't sit on him. Just let the spirit move. And my brother would get up there and he'd get to preaching. And my brother Jim was sitting by me. And I, I was just sitting there just listening. And all of a sudden he'd look over and he'd say, don't you feel nothing moving, sister? Don't you feel it moving? I was like, no, not yet. Then my brother would keep on preaching. And all of a sudden, my brother would hit a high note. And see, I'd watch them old women in the church. I'd watch them when the spirit would get on them. Them old grandmas act like teenagers. 
when the Spirit get on them. Listen, me and my brother, when church was over, we'd have a race, and we'd go around seeing how many bobby pins we could pick up where them old grandmas would shout and lose them bobby pins out of their hair. We'd race. We'd have a bobby pin race, see who could pick up the most bobby pins. I had a gathering in London not long ago, and when church was over, I went up and somebody hollered at me and said, you need to come see this. And I walked up there, and there laid a big, long pair of eyelashes on the altar. I mean, they were some good ones. And I said, Lord, have mercy. I said, we went from chasing bobby pins to picking up eyelashes. I don't care if it's GI lashes. I don't care if it's a bobby pin. As long as it's the anointing of God that is moving on you, I say let it happen. Let, let it happen. Let it happen. My brother would get to preaching. He'd get a little excited. All of a sudden, he'd hit a high note. My brother would say, I knew if I didn't move that time, I'd be in trouble when we went back in the house. My brother would say, sister, I think it's on you. And I'd jump up and I'd act like them old women in the church. Them old women would get under the power of God. They'd start across the front of the church. I got up that, he said, I think it's a getting on you, sister. I jumped up about that time, and I was going, Whoa! I was a shouting like them old women. But guess what? I may have in, imitated them at a point in time when I was young, but when I got a little bit older, I didn't no longer imitate them because I got a hold of something. I got a hold of something that I didn't have to act like it no more because it was a, hey, it was something on the inside of me. My heritage. That Pentecost got on the inside of me. And I'm not a bit ashamed of it. See, you wasn't there when I had four-stage ovarian cancer and the doctor said you may not make it and me with an 18-month-old baby at home. I have a right to rejoice. I have a right to praise him. I have a right to break out in a dance. I have a right to rejoice because nobody has ever done for me what he's done. Boaz and Ruth was the grandparents to Jesse and the great-grandparents to David. Jesse was the father of David, King David. And he is the great-grandfather of King Solomon. See, let me point this out. Jesse was not a king. He wasn't a king. But he had a grandson and a great-grandson who was kings. See, Grandma and Grandpa, he wasn't a grandparent, but he was a king maker. That's what Jesse was. He was a king maker. See, grandparents, there may be things you don't have that you wish you had. And there may be things you wish you would have accomplished that you didn't get to accomplish. 
There may even be some things that you wish that you would have become in the kingdom of God, but you didn't make it. But if you have grandchildren, they are a blank slate for you to start with. And you can use your influence to make them kings of the kingdom by pouring into them. Oh, it's great to brag about grandchildren, becoming great sports players, doctors, lawyers, CEO of great companies, and all of these things, great politicians. Nothing wrong with that. But if we have not passed down and passed on our godly heritage to our children and our grandchildren, if we have not taught them to pray, if we have not taught them to live right, and we have not passed it down to them, all we have is well-educated children that know nothing about the kingdom of God, how to get a prayer through, how to go to Jesus when you're in trouble, how to live for the kingdom of God. See, I told you I lived in a pastor's home. My mom would get phone calls all the time for prayer requests. My daughter Crystal will tell you, if she was at mom's house and they got a phone call to, for them, uh, somebody needing prayer, she would look at my daughter, Crystal, let's go pray. Crystal said, I will never forget this, Mom, as long as I live. See, that's heritage. That's passing it on. And she said, Mama, I'll get down and pray. And I'd hear Mama pray. And I didn't really know how to pray, but I would listen to Mama pray. And she said, but then there come a day that after I'd listened to Mama for so long pray, I knew how to pray. And she said, and then as I got older, I began to pray for people on my own. And when trouble come, I knew how to pray. I knew how to call on God. Why? Because her grandma got the child down. Listen, pray with your grandchildren. Hold them babies. Don't cuddle. It's cuddle them all you want to. Play with them all you want to. But don't ever fail to hold those babies and pray over them that's what you call passing it on pass it on because they're going to need it later in life we're going to lose a generation if we don't to know nothing about God to know nothing about the presence of God what about the person who saved the human race well that was Enoch's Grandson Noah, the one who listened to the voice of God when there had even been no rain, didn't know what rain was, built an ark, told him how to build it. Everybody made fun of him. What are you doing, crazy man? They're going to be a flood. What's that? They'd never seen it before, but he was warning them. He was passing it on. But here's the thing. I can pass it on, but it's up to you to take it or not. You either take it or you don't take it. Perfect example with Noah. Noah warned them. He preached to them. They laughed at him. They called him a nut and everything else under the sun probably. But guess what happened? It began to get, clouds began to come. Thunder began to roll and it began to rain. And the only ones that was safe was Noah and his children. And that's how the human race come about. But thank God for a man that would listen when nobody else wanted to. He'd listen, people may not hear what you want to say. Say it anyway. Say it anyway. Tell them anyway. Get them in the car. Lock the doors. 
get it up to about 70 miles an hour. They can't jump out. They know it'll kill them. And while you got them in there, pour it to them. Pour it to them. Preach to them while you got them in the car and got them locked up. My grandkids can tell you, I do it all the time. I also tell them it's all about choices. If you was to ask Mariah there, what does Nene say to us? The more, the what does Nene pour into us? It's all about the choices we make. It's all about you're going to make good choices, you're going to make bad choices, but you're going to suffer the consequence of whatever it is. She's right there. She'd say a big amen to that one right there because it's all about the choices that we make in this life. And somebody said it this morning on the opening that we speak life or we speak death. Speak into your grandchildren. Speak into your children. Tell them about, don't just tell them how good they are. Tell them about the ways of God. Tell them about miracles that happen. Then we have Timothy. His mother was Eunice and his grandmother was Lois. Lois's influences on Timothy was so strong that Paul even noticed it. See, grandparents, don't miss the value of your relationship with your grandchildren. It's more important than anything that you could do to help make them kings for the kingdom. The life that Timothy led is some of the fruit that came from his mother and his grandmother. And Paul noticed that. He said, Timothy, you have unfeigned faith. What is unfeigned faith? It's not counterfeit. It's not hypocritical. Lord, do we have a lot of that goes on? I'll leave that alone right there. It's real. It's sincere faith. Paul was saying to Timothy, what I saw in your grandmother, what I saw in your mother has been passed down to you. It is in you. You possess it. He said, I want you to stir it up. Stir up the gift of God. See, some of you in here today, it may be laying dormant in you. It was, it's in your possession, but you haven't used it in a while. You haven't brought it to life in a while, but it's time to stir it up. It is time to stir up the gift of God that is within you. That's good advice no matter what age you are. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. How many times do I hear people say, oh, I'm afraid to do that. I'm afraid somebody will laugh at me. I'm afraid somebody will make fun of me. Get over it. Get over it. It's you. And nobody but you. And it's what God has done for you or what God is doing for you or what God's going to do for you. It ain't I'm afraid I can't listen. If he'd have been afraid I can't, I'd have never got up and preached the first message because I thought it was going to be for my brother that was uh, that was playing the preacher that day. And I was like, Lord, I can't. And I was giving God all kinds of 101 reasons why I couldn't. First of all, I'm a female. Nobody will accept me. God, people will make fun of me. They'll say I'm preaching to just cause my daddy preached, and Lord, I, I just can't, I can't, 
I was giving God all kinds of reasons why that I, I said I'll teach Sunday school, I'll sing in the choir, I'll do whatever you want me to do, but I don't want to get up in front of people and try to bring forth a message. And here's what the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said. He said, if you don't speak the words I place in you, you will never feel my spirit again. That scared the living daylights out of me. I said, God, I don't care how many make fun of me. God, I don't care what people say. If you open a door, if you give me an opportunity, I will go. I will say what you want me to say. I will pass it on. I will pass it on. He's given us a power of love. What kind of love? Love to do the things of God. Not boyfriend, girlfriend love, husband, wife love. A love for him. A love to do his business. Keep, keep passing it on. Keep spreading it around. And grandchildren? How many grandchildren we got in here? Everybody raise your hand because everybody had one. Don't think because your grandparents are older and lived in a different generation than you that what they say isn't worth anything. They got a whole lot of wisdom. I told in the morning session, and I'm about to close. I told in the morning service, I said, my granddaughter, my other granddaughter, Gabby, called me this week, and we had a long conversation. And I, I, know, I know she took a psychology class in college. She's in college, and she took a psychology class. And, man, she was laying it on me thick. I mean, she was using that psychology up one side and down the other. And I stopped her, and I said, Gabby, I said, you're taking psychology, ain't you? Yeah, Nene, I am. I said, well, you're doing really good in it. I said, I can tell. I said, because here's the thing. I said, when I was younger, I took a psychology class too. I said, you didn't know I did that. I said, but I took a psychology class too. So I know when somebody's using it on me. And I said, you're doing a real good job about right now. I said, just because I'm old, got older, I said, that still doesn't mean that I don't know a few things. And I said, and there's some things that I do know that maybe you need to listen to. Glean from them. They've been there. They've been through the storm. They've been through the rain. They've been through the heartache. They've been through the pain. They've been through some things. And what they are trying to do when you think they're crazy, when you think they're old and they don't know anything, what they're doing is say, I love you so much. I'm trying to keep you from being hurt. I'm trying to keep you from going down this path. I'm trying to help you so that you don't get your life messed up. They know more than you think they do. But if the Lord tarries and if time tarries, there will be a day for all of those that will need to pass it to their own children and their own grandchildren. But what are you going to pass on? What are you going to pass on? If you got a mansion, if you got thousands of dollars laying in a bank, you say, oh, I'm leaving them an inheritance. I'm leaving them everything I got. I'm leaving them an inheritance. That's good. That's good. I don't have a problem with that. 
But if you don't leave them with an internal inheritance, you miss the mark. You miss the mark if you don't leave them passing it on to them about Jesus and about the goodness of God. You miss the mark. And we have to stand before God for everything that we do and give an account for what we've done. Grandparents, love those kids. Sometimes they can get on your last nerve. I know that. Sometimes when they falter and they fail, wrap your arms around them. Tell them Jesus loves them and that you love them. Because we got a hurting world. We need godly grandparents and parents that will stand in the gap for their children. Grandkids, glean everything you can glean. Call them. You wouldn't believe what a phone call makes. Just one phone call can make a world of difference. Grandma, how you doing today? Thinking about you. Makes all the difference in the world. Because see, there's a lot. That, listen, I've got a niece in the nursing home. She's only 45 years old. Had a major stroke. She can't, she can't, func she can't function for herself. Her kid's too young to take care of her. Her husband left the scene when it happened. So there was no other choice but to put her in a nursing home. And it's a sad thing to say, but her kids very seldom go to visit her. When I'm not out preaching, I go every day that I can. If I'm not preaching, I take her something to eat. I pray for her. Her life was not in the best shape when she went into the nursing home because she had, she had got in the world and got messed up in the world. Some people would have just thrown her away, let her lay there and rot because of some of the choices that she had made. But I went in and I talked to her. She can't talk back. She can't communicate with me. But I talked to her. And I was in there one day, and I got ready to leave, and tears started rolling down her face. And I didn't know what she wanted, and I said, don't get upset. I said, it's okay. I said, don't get upset. Her mom had poured into her, but her mom had passed away. And she just got out and got in the wrong crowd, got in the wrong people after her mom passed away and just got all messed up. I said, don't get all upset. I'm coming back. I'll be back tomorrow. Tears flowing down her face. I left. I went to my car and I wept. And as I walked to her room, I looked at each room and there lay them little old grandmas and grandpas. Nobody visiting. Nobody seeing them. And I went back the next day and I took my niece. I went to see my niece and I walked in where she was at. And I talked to her a little bit and I got ready to leave and she started crying again. And I said, Regina, I said, it's okay. I will be back. I'm not going to leave you. 
And she was shaking her head no, and I'm trying to figure out what she's wanting because she can't communicate. And all of a sudden, she took my hand, and she throwed it up on her chest. And I said, is your chest hurting? She shook her head no. I said, I'm trying to figure out what you want. I'm sorry, I don't know what you want. I said, we'll, we'll, we'll get it figured out. She just kept tears, big crocodile tears rolling. And I looked at her. And then the Spirit of the Lord dropped it in me. And I said, Regina, I said, are you wanting to be prayed for? I said, do you want me to pray for you? She nodded her head, yes. Me knowing she was a backslider on God. Me knowing that her mother had poured into her. But let me tell you something. You may have prayed and the people that prayed for you may have went on to glory. But they are, their prayers are still being answered over you. Their prayers are what they still pass it on to you. Because her mother had prayed for her and prayed for her until the day her mother went to glory. And I laid my hand on her chest, knowing she was a backslider. And I laid my hand on her chest, and I began to pray for her. And the girl can't communicate, but she was moving her mouth. See, you may not be able to say one word, but God knows your heart. He knows the thoughts of your mind. He knows the intent of your being. And I prayed for her. And I have no clue what she was saying, but God did. And when I got done, I said, Regina, I said, has Jesus come back into your life today? She threw her hand up. The one that was able to move the other side's paralyzed. She threw her hand up in the air. And I knew right then I had passed something on to her that her mother had prayed for her. I continue to go. I continue to pray. She has got to the point about the only thing she can say now. She's been almost three years in that shape. She can say yes. Shakes her head for no. And this is the one I love and I'll never forget it. She can say yes, Lord. And that's the way she says it. Yes, a Lord. And I go in and I say, still got Jesus? Yes, a Lord, she'll say. That's what you call passing it on. TV was on one day and they were singing old rugged cross on the TV in her room. The girl that can't talk, the girl that can't communicate. And I was sitting there on her bed. And I thought, I'm dreaming. And I thought, I'm, I thought, I'm dreaming. And I looked at the girl in the bed that can't talk. But I heard this. So I cherish the old rugged cross. I was like, what? Till my trophies at Last I lay down. She can't talk. She sings. 
raised her because her daddy left her. My sister moved in with my dad and the two girls. So my daddy was like her dad. That heritage from my dad, that being raised in the house of God, even though she strayed, it came back. And when she began to sing the old rugged cross, I was so shocked. And one of the nurse's aides came in and I said, do you know Regina can sing? She said, oh, I bet she was a good singer. I bet she was. I said, no, 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 no. I said, do you know Regina can sing? Oh, I bet she was a good singer. I said, no, you're not understanding what I'm saying. I said, she just sang right now. And she said, today? I said, Today. She said, will she do it again? I said, I don't, I don't know. I said, Regina, I said, can you show this lady you can sing? I said, I'll help you. We started it again. The lady said, wait a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. She ran out there and the next thing I knew, the room was full. I mean, it was full of the workers there at the nursing home. They was lined around her bed. They was again the wall. And me knowing good and well, some of them women that work there are not godly people. And I said, Regina, I said, sing for them, honey. I said, sing for them. She began to sing it again. Those workers broke down and cried. Those workers went out and was telling everybody. The girl that can't communicate's in there singing. You ought to hear her sing. You know what she did? She can't communicate, but she was passing it on. She was passing it on. Just a few days ago, we thought we were losing her. She had a heart attack. And we thought we was losing her. We brought her back to the nursing home. They didn't think she would live but just a few days. The girls come in there with their cameras and they said, do you think that we could get her to sing? We want to video it. Let me report to you today, God. God can make ways where there seemeth to be no way. We saw her yesterday, me and Meg over there. We went in and she was crying, but when she saw Mariah, she got all straightened up. And then we prayed for her before we left. I'm going to tell you something. It's important we pass this on. If we don't pass it on, it's going to stop and nothing else will happen. But we got to flame the fire. We got to pass it on as they come to sing. the importance of passing on our heritage. She sung the old rugged cross. And then one day I asked her, I said, Regina, I said, you remember the old song we'd sing? Because it has to be a little bit slow for her to sing it. I said, you remember the old song we'd sing at church about love lifted me? And she began to sing love lifted me. 
when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. I'm going to tell you the love of God will lift you today. The love of God today can take care of your situation. The love of God today can take care of your pain and your heartache. You may have come in bound. You may have come in to where you feel like you ain't got nothing to pass on to nobody. But I've come to tell you today there is a spirit in this house today that can lift you up, that can change you, and you can walk out different than you came in and be able to pass it on to those in your family and your neighbors and your friends. You know what you're doing, friends and family day? You're passing it on. You're passing it on. And lives are being changed. And it can continue. As you stand to your feet today. And they begin to sing. Whatever you need, God is here. It would be good if we'd all just come to the front. And worship him and thank him for our godly heritage. And ask him, Lord, if they've been something slowful in me. Stir it up. Stir it up, mighty God. And let me tell you this, and I'm quitting. The same girl that can't talk. I started having bad knee issues. The MRI wasn't good. They wanted to do surgery. I said, I can't preach and be laid up six or eight weeks. I ain't got time for that. Until he can tell you. I'd sit on my couch. He'd have to pull me up. It'd take me forever to get to start walking. Then once I got to walking, I was doing pretty good. Then if I said it hurt, if I stood too long, it hurt. I went in one day to the nursing home. Girl can't talk. And I sat down on her bed, and I was feeding her, and I got up to throw the trash away after she ate Karen. And when I stood up, my knee was grabbed so hard, and I usually don't try to make no kind of noise. And I said, oh, my goodness. She looked at me with a fearful look. I said, it's okay. I said, it's okay. I said, Regina, it's all right. I said, I just got some knee issues going on. And I said, when I stood up, it hurt. Immediately, she grabbed my hand, the girl that can't talk, and began to mumble, threw her hand up in the air. And as soon as she threw her hand up in the air, I knew she was praying for me this time. See, I had passed it on to her. Then in return, when I needed it, she was pressing it back to me. And when she got done, I said, Regina, I said, you just prayed for me, didn't you? Yes, the Lord. I never thought much about it, honestly. I went home. I went to bed. And usually when I would get up first thing of the morning after laying all night, that was the worst, and I would just be in excruciating pain. I got up out of the bed, and I walked over to go out my door, and I thought, wait a minute. I couldn't do that yesterday. I couldn't do that yesterday, but look today. Still have a little issue, but guess what? A girl that couldn't say a word, a girl that couldn't do nothing. She prayed and she passed. I'm telling you, it don't matter what what kind of stage of life you're in. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, you can pray till God can move.